0: This is Pastor Matt at North Lincoln Co. Baptist Church. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Not Another Revelation
1: Podcast. We hope you guys enjoy. Let's go ahead and get started. We are still and will be for a few weeks. In- just, there's just,
0: again, you're kind of in the halfway point, at least of the book, not necessarily the halfway point of the tribulation or anything, but we're talking about these things. We've just talked about so much that's going on, and so... And so, when you hear Revelation, you're thinking about okay, we know the beast and we know the Antichrist or whatever. But up until this point, like, there's no, there's some hinting at it, but there's this is where we get a a, a large picture into the Antichrist and 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 his setup and how he's going to work and how he's going to act and some of the representation of that. And so, I mean, you just kind of got to park it here because it's just so foreign. There's not another. There's not a whole lot of stuff that we can base this off of in terms of like. Comparatively speaking, there's, I mean, we're just so, we're just kind of, this could be it, this could not be it, we don't really know, and so, yeah, you're going to kind of park it here, and we're, again, we're not even halfway through the chapter, so. Well, and
1: culturally, we do bring a lot to the table here, and there's no amount of trying really hard to be pure exegesis is going to remove the imagery in in my mind from growing up, going to a Christian school, watching the Left Behind kind of movies or <laughs> or watching the Damien kind of movies. So that stuff is kind of ingrained, and so we're naturally going to see that. If you read commentaries from the 15th and 16th centuries, their view of this is going to feel a lot different because they're bringing a lot of culture to the table. And that tells me that... As this is happening, those believers who are there, and we we get kind of the midpoint in chapter 13, and John reminds them, hey, y'all keep heart. That that this will they will be able to go. Oh yeah. Oh, see, it's already been written about. Well,
0: yeah. Well, and everything again. You're, when we're reading, we're thinking, okay, what is the reader, the person this letter is being written to? What are the and so again, just how everyone now and everyone of the last hundreds of years read read Revelation and apply it to oh, it's you know the Catholics or it's the Pope or it's. You know, you, you know, you—that's two
1: for Caligula. I mean, yeah, I man, it's two of them. So it could
0: be which it could be whichever one. Like it's like the it could be whatever, or it's you know, I don't know. For some people, it's alcoholism. I don't know what the
1: antichrist well, is or
0: what it is, but it's always been something different. So these readers are thinking, oh, it's Nero, or it's Caligula, or it's this, it's this Roman person, or it's this Roman person, or it's this person who's persecuting our Christians, or whatever. I mean, it's rotated through, and so. uh it's it's kind of like we said it's ever it's ever it's not it's, the book is not ever changing how we're trying to culturally apply it and kind of put pieces together is ever changing, which goes to show again what we've said the whole time is eh, parts of this just don't know
1: right and I know when when we when I have met with Chinese believers they are fairly convinced that the Antichrist is going to be whoever the premier of the Chinese Communist government is at that time. And they have a pretty good way that they've kind of formulated that that Rome and China were, were sister empires yeah, that traded yeah, amongst each other. Yeah. And so they, they've kind of worked this out in their mind that the Chinese Communist government that is persecuting them as believers. Because
0: as we looked at last week, there is this idea when we're talking about the – aspect of you know the um the leopard and the eagle and the and the bear all that stuff is like a is this establishment of a new rome a new government or a a revived rome that's a that's a big historical connotation that goes on when you're reading what this whatever this little government establishment happens here this this um this confederation of nations that comes together is like this new revised rome so it's a historical thing and so i can see again it's like well i mean yeah, I, mean, I see some points that make sense in that.
1: And so th- these Chinese believers are fairly convinced. They read the book of Revelation, and they they have an idea of how this is going to play out, and it, it is very um, Sinocentric. And I, when we were in Turkey, the Turkish believers are almost absolutely convinced that since the, uh, the Eastern Roman Empire became the, the Ottoman Empire, which is now the modern Republic of Turkey, that Erdogan is uh, going to be the Antichrist. Okay. And, and Erdogan is the the president of the modern Republic of Turkey, and he is actively persecuting Christians. And so, I I I think the point is we have to be super careful of what we bring to the table right. because when I think of the Antichrist, I think of somebody wearing a double-breasted suit, who's yeah. super fancy. slick back hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so what you think of the you think of the Damien stuff. You, you I mean, I, think think of I get the it. stuff,
0: and, and I get that's a real. It's a real Americanized. I mean, no, you know, my br- guy's British. Uh, well, okay, because I, all
1: bad guys in movies it's, are British. It's,
0: it's an Americanized picture that that we have painted, uh, and that's. Sh- but for every culture, it just it's it's different. Everybody's kind of got their own little spiel of, well, this is wine. you know what? It's it's not that we can't say any of them. We obviously can't say any of them right, but it's tough to say any of them wrong. Because again, I
1: don't I don't know. I mean, sure, right. maybe. So. As we are attempting to go through, and I, I say this because of some of the email that I've received from some of our listeners, as we are attempting to go through this, our purpose here is not to uh, kind of voice a exhaustive concordance and exhaustive um, commentary on the book of Revelation, but to kind of talk through uh, what we see. And we're trying to apply the same hermeneutic method here that we would to first Corinthians or to Galatians. And that is what was the original intended purpose of the author? What was this, the original understood meaning for the first century readers and then how that's going to play out. A lot of times we're going to have to say, "I I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, as, as humans and especially in our culture today, we want absolutes. We want there to be absolutes. We want absolute truth. Uh, whether we think we do or we don't, we sometimes we go about roundabout ways, or we try to change absolute truths. But we we seek after that. Yeah,
1: I want the top ten ways to survive the tribulation. We, we want to
0: seek after that, and then. I mean, but the unfortunate thing is, well, it's it's unfortunate in some ways. And, and I talked about it, as we, I've gone through and studied this more fine toothed than I have ever before during this. It is amazed me how each week I can be encouraged by what's going on in Revelation. Oh, and that's absolutely! Like, and it's like, well, Matt, that's not. Well, Revelation is not an encouraging book. It's like, well, actually, it kind of is. In 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 again, it's not for people who don't know who don't know Jesus, who don't have a relationship, who aren't pursuing a relationship with Christ. But if you do, and if you are during this time, yes, it's really ugly yes think the world is burnt up and trees are burned and the fish the, the the seas are bloody and there's stuff coming out of the skies and there's locust horses running around i mean it's it's <laughs> yes. there is some crazy stuff going on but also consistently seeing the thread line and, and and consistently seeing the message that god has this in control that god knows exactly what's going on and in the end the victor still holds the victory. And and so knowing that each week is actually really encouraging. And so, again – we're not making absolutes where there are no absolutes because part of this, there's some like again, who this guy is, there is no absolute. We can't we can't say now where who the dragon is. There is an absolute because yeah. it says who that is. And does God know what He's doing? Is God is in control this whole time? Again, that is an absolute, and we can see that. So we're trying we're we're pointing at absolutes where there are absolutes, and then times where there's question marks. We're not. No one here is trying to speculate or say what it is because I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. And you know what I. It, I'm not applying for that job anytime soon. No. It's not, I, don't, I, I don't think anybody's taking I don't have those qualifications.
1: So, Well, let me go ahead and read the first. I guess we got through five, so I'm going to go ahead and read that, and then we'll, we'll pick up with six saying I don't know a lot. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and his great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast and who can fight against it? and the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. So that's about where we got last time. We we were uh, in six a little bit. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling and all those who dwell in heaven. And so um, the, the reality is, is that as we've talked about, we think of blasphemies as dropping a GD. Anything that ascribes itself to being God uh, that is not God is blasphemies. And so uh, here it could be that he is openly saying God is bad, uh, his dwelling, or it could be claiming uh, divinity where there is no divinity.
0: Well, and again, when it goes on to say um, in part of that, uh, though, that is in heaven, those who dwell in heaven, I mean if we're again looking at this from a pre pre kind of standpoint, the rap you know this is this would be happening post rapture and I mean I could easily be saying you you're trying to debunk the whole hey these all these people that were on earth that now aren't here, what kind of happened there like that's gonna be something that's asked i'm sure because people ask questions, and he's like well that's not i mean there this is what's happened this is this is what yeah aliens. this i mean it's whatever conspiracy you can come up with, but I mean I, that's what I mean again that's what i'm you just have those conversations of i mean again it's what the enemy's done forever of this is not did god really say i mean this is this isn't really this isn't really what's going on here like are you are you guys that simple minded you guys are smarter than that it's not that simple it's not there's so much more to the world there's so much more to the and you know all of those kind of things that we want um that that we that we want, that we see uses excuses for the gospel and see uses excuses and, and and as substitutes for god um and again, I, what we talked about before, you hear that word blasphemy and just man, that just don't that it's just that's different from hey you said the wrong thing. Hey, you 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 know, I can I can I can say something was blue and it was actually red and I said the wrong thing, but I don't know if that's blasphemy. But then when I if we if the stand in a pulpit or to talk about God anywhere and to say that that was blasphemous is just so weighty, and just holds a heaviness that other words and other circumstances don't hold. And so that just seems like it just seems really uh, again, that's just a heavy statement. That's really, it seems like there's a lot of stuff that goes into that.
1: And and then we see um, it was allowed. The the beast was allowed. I, I and again that I find that so encouraging that God is still in a. This almost feels like Job.
0: Yeah, the, there are parameters. There are limitations.
1: And he was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. Now, uh, Romans 8, 28 through 29 make very clear that as believers, we are not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, obviously, it's talking about in the, in this world, Um, the beast is allowed of the, so we had the, the witnesses, we had the 144,000, we had them going out and witnessing an innumerable group of people are getting saved. Those people now are being persecuted and prosecuted by the beast. God is allowing them to be overcome by the beast. They're, they're having their stuff taken. They're having their, their they're losing their lives. They're losing their livelihood, uh, that only is occurring though because for this time, for this season, it is allowed. Um
0: Yeah, and it's not that a commentator I've read said so it's um some um, that conquer that word conquer is also it's in some other translations it's overcome. And it's like it's not your faith here that's overcome. Like again, like as it God's allowing this to happen, so God's it's not like God all of a all of a sudden said Hey, you know what? You know that little, that faith it's going to be—it's changed. It's different. Uh, it's not what's happening. It's not that their faith is being overcome here, but physically, there's an aspect that I can only do so much physically. I can only endure so much physically as a person, and that's the limitations here that are being tested. And, and so. Uh, it's 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 uh my faith doesn't change or, or who god is change in this moment or in any difficult moment or situation uh, but physically from a from a standpoint of how it is on earth it's going to be pretty bad it's going to be pretty unbearable there's going to be some serious there's going to be some serious persecution and, and
1: and some real pain going on here absolutely absolutely and and we talk a lot in the church about this world is not our home we should hold to everything in our lifetime, lightly, because this is not what we're fighting for. We are, are, are we, as believers, we bank at, you know, first national heaven. We're laying <laughs> up for ourselves treasures that moth and rust do, do not corrupt.
0: That's a picture somewhere <laughs> of just the bank in heaven. Somebody said <laughs> that before and made that a picture.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's Somebody's put that together. I can, I can picture a pen and ink drawing that's done in about 1978. Um, but... um we say that and we believe that, but the reality is if I show up to work tomorrow and I'm met at the door and told, well, we're not going to need you, mm-hmm. that is jarring. That is difficult to deal with. Uh, if, if I lose my home, it's foreclosed on the, you know, I don't, everything's up in, in a flux because of the COVIDs, whatever, whatever, it, it is overwhelming, and there have all believers, all humans, at some point in their life, have thought to themselves, "I, I can't take another hit." Yeah,
0: I can't do. That. I can't. It's a loss of stuff. It could be a loss of a child, or a loss of a loved one, or you get a you get that that doctor's call or that diagnosis that's awful, and you just think, "Like I can't, I, I, I can't keep doing this." You know, I just I, I, this is this is too much.
1: I remember uh, I was probably thirteen. Uh, you know, B team JV football, yeah. and uh, at a small Christian school. I mean, I think our uh, K five through um, twelve was maybe three hundred students. Yeah, and um, some coach that was very sadistic had scheduled us against a public school here in town. That's like a a, um, a much larger school, Etowah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, there were not who's got three hundred kids at their middle school. Right, right. <laughs> and and so and we're playing their JV team so this is their <laughs> their uh, it was literally um as a 12-year-old I'm I'm trotting out and I as a 12-year-old I played nose tackle and uh center so mm-hmm. I am standing up in front of these guys who are men and I'm this <laughs> little boy I mean they literally in the stands you know their kids are going go daddy and they're they uh I remember <laughs> um one of the guys Reaching into his shoulder pads and pulling out a can of skull and popping it on the line, and I'm thinking, what are we doing here? <laughs> and so, no matter, you know, this is not North Gadsden anymore. <laughs> yes, no matter how many times I'd watched Rudy before I trotted out there, um, we're not going to win that game. No, and no, the the six foot two guy who's standing in front of me at four eight one maybe <laughs> uh is going to walk all over me every time there's just nothing i can do i'm going to try to cut him and he's just going to like Step
0: over. Like, it's just going to, like, not, I'm just going to hit him and yeah, just him. he's roll walking back over. toward the quarterback as
1: I'm <laughs> hanging onto his leg. I mean, this is like daddy daycare or something. Um, nothing I could do was going to win that game, no yeah. matter how much heart you have coming into it, no matter how much you want to win it. Lower man always wins. Look, I'm on his, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am I'm digging a his, hole. <laughs> I am holding
0: his legs.
1: <laughs> it's not doing anything. And so these. Believers have the entire system of the world against them, but to them, they are reminded here that uh, although authority was given over the beast, uh, over every tribe and people and language and nation, and everybody who dwelled on the earth worshipped it, everyone whose name was not written before the foundation of the world and the life of the Lamb who was slain, it's the text actually has one of the dis, most disheartening text in the New Testament. It says, "To anyone who is to be taken captive, captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he will be slain." Which is just saying, ain't nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Then it says, "Here is the call for the endurance and the faith of the saints." It's like thanks. <laughs> Hey, y'all, y'all keep trying.
0: Y'all keep y'all keep going.
1: And so for to these saints their realization that anything that the beast is doing, he's doing because he's allowed. God is even though for these guys at this moment and honestly the reason why we have this written in a book is for these guys at this moment, it's going to feel like God is losing. And God is reminding them, I'm in control. I've got this, this is not a plan B, this is not a reaction, this is part of my plan, rest in me. Um, And having been around believers undergoing persecution at times in my life, the grace that God gives at these moments is amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I remember going to Nepal soon after the government fell to communism, and struggling before I got there thinking, how am I supposed because I was teaching pastors, how am I, as an American, going to stand in front of these pastors and say, All right, you gotta preach the truth no matter what the cost is, you've got to preach God's word. You've got to, you've got to stand in front of God's people saying, Thus said the Lord, y'all have to do that. I'm gonna head back to America, y'all handle it. Yeah. And how arrogant it would be for me to do that. And when I got there and spent time with these men, uh, they didn't need me to, to stand around and, and cheer them on. They knew what fight they were in, and they um, had the grace of God to be in that circumstance. I've seen it with, it's always amazed me going to a hospital room to someone that is terminally ill with cancer who's a believer, how often um, they encourage me and their other family members. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I remember one particular person here in this church who um, struggled for two years in severe pain. He had uh, kidney cancer that had spread throughout his body. Um, and going to the hospital, he actually called for people one at a time to come in and, and meet with him two days before he died. And he the first and last thing out of his mouth when I was there was, God has been so good to me. Mm -hmm. And it's just that God in these moments gives the grace. And so here, the fact that we're able to kind of look over their shoulder in this text and see that even in the midst of everything on earth stacked up against them, everything in the world system is going against them. Literally, the same language that's used for the Great Commission is used to show that the enemy in all appearances has succeeded because from every tribe, people, language, and nation, they are worshiping the beast. That these believers um, are just told the same thing that we're told. Have faith, endure, do what you know to do. And so, this should encourage us, no matter what we 're going through I, and and I know that there are people who are listening who who, like you said 've they 've had that terrible call from the doctor, or they they're they 're sitting there and they 're working twenty hours a week and they 've got sixty hours a week worth of bills yeah, all of those things at the moment feels overwhelming. Just trust in him that 's the point of the story, and we see that in uh, this little line where it says. Everyone whose name has not, was not written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb that was slain. Now here the full title of the Lamb's book of life is given, and I think it's important for us to take note of this, because as the world, even in our mind right now, seems to be turning for the worse, it's easy to get this idea in our head that we're losing, that uh, whenever a, a political person that we don't agree with, or whenever there's a law that's passed, or this court says you can't do this, or you now we're going to allow that, it feels like in the American Christian world that we're we've lost something. It, it, it's it's hard not to have a mentality like it's a football game and up. Oh, well, they there there you go. They scored. So if we look at the name of this book, it says. It's, the name of the book is, well, first of all, the book was written before the foundation of the world. So before God ever said, let there be light, mm-hmm. there was a book in heaven. And the book's name is the book of life of the lamb that was slain. So we see that there had to be a sacrifice, that if there had to be a sacrifice, then God knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall and that mankind was going to fall and that we would desperately be in need of a Savior. So this world and the system and everything that's going the way it is is not God's plan B. God in the garden wasn't going, what are we going to do now that Adam's eaten of the fruit?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The The idea kind of that we have in our mind that the garden was perfection. And th- because of the fall, which is true that, that God did make it in perfection. There was no death because death came because of sin, but God knew that was going to happen. So before he ever made a garden, before he ever made an Adam, before he ever made a fruit tree, there was already a book. And the name of the book was the book of life of the lamb that, who was slain. He knew all that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that God is the author of sin, We know that that's not the case. But we also know that God allowed history to unravel and wind up in such a way that it would bring him the maximum amount of glory. And we can just a little bit see that in your life and in my life in that God, uh, one of the great Puritans said that the miracle of Christianity is that God reached into a wicked fallen world pulled out a wicked, wicked, fallen human, saved him, cleaned him up, put him back in a wicked, wicked, fallen world to be his representative. That shows that God's not just so awesome that he can save, but that he could use us takes that to the next level, which is why in Romans chapter 8 it says we're more than conquerors. It's not just that we grinned and bared it and overcame. It's that we're being used by God. God shouldn't use me. I have failed him to the point to where I should I should have been fired a long time ago, and yet God delights in using things that the world thinks is fallen, broken, worthless, and using it to his glory. And so we see both in the call for endurance and in the name of the book that God is in control of all this, that even though every representatives from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language are worshiping the beast. Um, God's still not in heaven wringing his hands, going, what do we do now?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that brings us to the second beast.
0: The hype man.
1: (laughs) The hype man. We're going to go ahead and probably try to take 10, 15 minutes and at least do an introduction to him. We're not going to be able to get really deep into it because we don't want this to be a two-hour podcast. (laughs) But um, the second beast, and then I saw another beast rising out of the earth, and it had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. So here we see, not unlike when Moses performs great miracles, the enemy can perform great miracles as well. Uh-huh. Um, I really would like to see a staff turn into snakes. but
0: No, I hate snakes. We <laughs> talked about this. I hate snakes, man.
1: So here we have the second beast, uh, the, the, the hype man. His job is to point everybody to the first guy. Not, again, we talked last week, as the language is being used, the same as the Great Commission, that the enemy has put together a um, uh, an unholy trinity. You have Satan, the, the father. You mm-hmm. have the beast who is in the position of the son. And just as the Holy Spirit always points to glorify and magnify the son, here the second beast is pointing toward the Antichrist yeah. and hyping him up. Everything's I mean, about him.
0: I, and I know we say that kind of tongue-in-cheek with the hype, man, but is that not – I mean, that's what's going on here, at least in the context of how I read, it, is like everything that goes on in this confederation of nations or whatever, like I don't know if he stands up for him or, or point brags about them all the time or, or – I, I do, again, don't know how it looks out, but that's just kind of get the feel of kind of what's being described here is like, I mean, just this – in every hypeman situation, it's for some reason you get the picture. And think this is how culture paints it. I'm not saying this is exactly what happens, but it's just this guy who's just who li- just falls a little bit short in every category? Like he's just sure, a little yeah. bit shorter, and he didn't quite like he didn't he didn't, he didn't quite make it in college. He's like really just like barely just kind of back to just kind of coattailing everybody, and and he's just kind of barely into this, the the fraternity or or, or whatever. He's just kind of just barely making it, but then he latches onto somebody and like he's just he's Hitler's Goebel. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of not
1: Goebel, but Goebel's. <laughs>
0: Goebel's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and from a uh, I remember as a kid like watching. Um, Beauty and the beast. You got Gaston and then you got his little his little guy that just runs around him all the his time. His minion. Yeah, that's just what I thought. That's just like what I was thinking when I see this. And it's just all this it's just kind of what I feel like, but I, th- I know this is a much more serious thing. And you get into, as we'll talk about the next few weeks, of of how this beast speaks, and it kind of takes on that whole blasphemy to a whole different thing of saying how great this person is. And there's, you know, in the earlier parts of chapter 13, we had seen how all people worship this the first beast. And, and the second beast is just constantly keeping that in front of people and constantly spewing out those things of saying, hey, look at this guy. And as we know as believers— and when we talk about how we love people, how we serve people, everything about us as believers should be selfless, not selfish, and and so this is complete. I mean, just on that standard alone is pretty antithetical to this is not this is not anything of God because this is all about who this one person is and who this selfish person is, who's not God, who's not Jesus. Um, and, and so just there off the bat, you can kind of see through this scheme, but I mean, again, that we've talked about, uh, I can see where people are going to get caught up in all this. Cause it's going to be, I mean, the state that our world is in can't imagine the state, the world then is going to be in, um, I may. Drink, I mean, if I if I if everything in the world was going as bad as history's ever seen it, I might drink the Kool Aid of somebody who seems like the guy altogether. I mean, I understand. I get Ab- it.
1: Absolutely, and and the whole world is drawn into it. And here, here you've got this guy who is the pitch man. He's the guy who's on TV all the time explaining. Uh, he's the the press his, secretary. His he's- policies.
0: I mean, just really, just really in your face. Always got something to say. That's just kind of the the, the feel that you get here.
1: It, it really is, and. Again, throughout history, we've seen that that leaders typically have that guy,
0: yeah,
1: who, who's there going. Now, now, I know he said this, but this is what he's trying to say. He's just the guy who, I, in my see, in my, my visual mind, I have kind of this PT Barnum <laughs> step right up. It, it's all coming together. Hey, he's got a plan, and he's going to work your plan. Yeah, for the small set price <laughs> of your soul, call one eight hundred Satan. So, on that note, we're going to close. We're going to come back. We're going to dig deep. And next week, we're actually going to dig into 666. Uh Uh-oh. And so, you know, get your UPC codes out. Um, We'll see what it has to teach. So, until then, go serve your king.
0: Thank you guys again for joining us on this week's episode of Not Another Revelation Podcast. You can join us live in person each Sunday at North Plinko Baptist Church at 10 a.m. Or you can go to our website, northplinko.org, to watch our live stream or check out our other podcasts, ministry information, past sermons, and past worship service. Thank you guys for tuning in.